One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So, Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So, what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might, or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life. From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching program, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober. An unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Vic, you are a bit like a 17-year-old who's gone to their first music festival and then still worn the armband way too long after that. Well, I thought the armband was representative of the gig that I went to. I get it. You went to a gig. Okay, just stop going on about it. I went to see Ziggy Alberts on Saturday night. As you know, he was one of our guests, Hamish, Mm. and I was really excited. And me and my son drove down there and we were given wristbands as we went in. My son didn't get one, but I got one, but I didn't bother looking at it. I just thought, well, that's the entry band. It wasn't until yesterday afternoon that I thought I should take that off, but I've left it on especially for you. What does it say on it, Hamish? It says, drinking age verified, and there's little photographs of cocktails and wine there's a bottle of wine and cocktails i didn't realize until last last uh, night so i've kept it on for you i am a verified drinking age that is do you reckon they looked at you and they thought you know what because some of our bar staff might think she's 17 yeah we'll give her this just <laughs> so there's compliment. no confusion i think it's a huge compliment yeah. i think it's fantastic it actually got me thinking right i thought i'd keep it on to you because it actually triggered a thought in my head the drinking age okay mm. so it's 18 but we never question why you're not allowed to drink until 18 you think it's probably so that you don't do lots of stupid things yeah. but it's actually because alcohol is really really bad for you and then you get to 18 they're like well 
it's your choice now. Yeah, Let's yeah. do what you like. Yeah. Yeah. So you never really educated about why it's 18, but actually it's 18 because you shouldn't be drinking it. True. Yeah. Also, I've spent over an hour with you this morning and I've not noticed that you, it's not on brand, is it, for you to basically no. have pictures of cocktails on your arm? <laughs> That's I thought it was so funny. I didn't I even thought notice. it said Ziggy Elberts or something and like it was like the entry pass, but it actually means I could have gone to it's the bar. It's the least sober awkward I bit know. of jewellery that you possibly I'm going to wear it all day. Just in case anyone notices. I know I don't drink, but I am of legal age, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, it kind of leads. Hamish, you know I like a a dodgy intro. (laughs) It does kind of lead to our topic today. Okay, so what hilarious and ridiculous topic have you chosen for us today, Vic? Well, Hamish, I'm sorry to say... It's not a funny one. Today's not a funny one, folks. Yeah. This is not a giggle fest. News flash, news flash. There will be no knob jokes, no stories about the time I had a one night stand with a Romanian with wooden teeth. There will be no mankini wearing wooden boys in sight mm. because today we're going to have a chat about the big C, cancer. February the 4th is World Cancer Day. So today we want to take a look at the role of alcohol when it comes to many forms of cancer, especially breast cancer. Why do we ignore these facts for so long? We're going to find out our own experience and also what alcohol is doing to the body to cause this disease. Now, Vic and I love to dig into the nitty gritty and uncover every aspect of alcohol, its impact on health and what it does to your lovely brain and body. We fling around stats like confetti. We share the risks of over drinking and have mentioned cancer often when discussing alcohol, but we've never actually done a whole episode on it. We think it's important to gain some knowledge about it because even we are guilty of ignoring the stats and warnings. Yep, I never took the information I had very seriously. I was a it-will-never-happen-to-me kind of person. Live fast, die young, sleep when I'm dead, party till dawn, Zoom, Zoom Bonzi. Zoom Bombi. <laughs> it sounds like some sort of Zoom fanatic, isn't it? I'm a Zoom Bombi. Very 21st century. It's very COVID. God, he might be dyslexic. Zoom Bombi. I meant a booze zombie. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's not supposed to be bombing. funny, Hamish. No, stop laughing. Zoom Bombay, I think, will stick. Zoom Bombay. <laughs> I chose to keep pouring booze down my neck, even though I knew very deep down in my lady loins that it was doing harm. So what's the truth? Does alcohol really cause cancer? And what are the stats? Does being sober reduce the chances of getting cancer? We don't know either. So today we're going to try and find out for hmm, you. Great. Let's start with what we think we know. <laughs> this is this, this be a short list. <laughs> yeah. So Vic, what do you know about alcohol and cancer? At school, I never heard these two topics put together. I never heard alcohol and cancer related in any way. That was in the 80s, though, so maybe things have changed now. Nope. I was at school after you and I never heard those things. Yeah, and actually my son has never had a conversation about alcohol in school and he's nearly 12, so there you go. The the only thing I did know about alcohol when I was younger was about risk, sexual risk as well, and and health risk, injury, and drink spiking, stuff like that, kind of in the present things that could happen to you if you got drunk. I think I always knew that alcohol was bad for my health, but I never, ever related it to cancer. I thought perhaps it was more related to liver failure if you were an extreme alcoholic. I think adverts on TV when I was younger and Grange Hill, which I got most of my information from as a young child, it was more about addiction and like how awful addiction is and how you lost everything and how you should never start because you'll end up dead. It was more like fear-inducing about addiction, not about the fact that it could possibly cause you cancer. There were never any warnings about cancer like there was with cigarettes. When we were smoking behind the bike sheds, we knew it was naughty, but there was no controversy around yeah, alcohol. Yeah. Surely not everyone be throwing it down their throats if you gave it cancer. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, my parents are doing it. Everyone I know is doing it. Why would somebody do something that gives them cancer? It didn't make any sense to me. There were no warnings on the bottles like with cigarettes, and it seemed to make people happy, so I never questioned it. And then I thought I liked it so much that I decided to ignore any negative press. Yeah. Just hiding under a layer of inebriation was much easier than quitting. What did you know about the risks of cancer as a drinker, Hamish? Did you choose to ignore the negative warnings? I literally had no idea that alcohol was a carcinogen until I started listening to this podcast when it was just you and Lucy. I knew it was bad for your liver. But I didn't really know if it caused liver cancer or liver damage. I didn't know 
if there was a difference between liver cancer and liver damage. I just knew that it was bad for it. Um, that was about the extent of my knowledge linking these two subjects. But here in Australia, this is a stitch up. Vic has written here in Australia and then put in add a bad Australian accent here, please. I know Which, everyone loves to hear your bad Australian, especially Anita. I, I know she does love it. She requested it, a live show. Yeah. I will do my bad Australian accent here and once a series. That's what you're going to get. Okay? Once a series, Hamish, come on. Yeah. So what's that? Every 20 episodes? We don't yeah. actually know. Our we, series we're, we're run into the we're next. A bit rubbish with our series. Okay. But here in Australia, smoking a few darries was frowned upon, whereas getting a goon sack full of charlies and titties from the bottle eyes, shoving them in an esky, hitting to the beach with a coldie and drinking up with the flies after a surf is considered 100% bonza. It's actually improving your Australian accent. I think the more extreme you go with it, the more That's real it, it maybe sounds. Maybe I just have one bad sentence, which is a bread shrimp and a barbie met. Yeah, but, you sound sort of Welsh though at some point, yeah. sort of that melodic Welsh accent. Yeah. But he's correct in all of those facts. <laughs> if you knew what any of if that If you meant. knew what yeah. he said. It was a very good accent, Hamish, but I'm not sure that you would make it in the outback. I think you'd no. probably die. They don't have fun. 500 ply sheets there or leave mints on your pillow in the outback master yeah. Hamish you're worried you're worried about my bum in the outback I worry I about that. I worry about you in the outback oh, quite when honestly. you say sheets you mean bed sheets or do you mean multiple ply loo roll no, no, I'm talking about bed sheets. Okay, so, yeah. so you're not worried about my bum. I don't worry about loo roll too much. Yeah, you should. Well, that's why you wouldn't make it in the outback. <laughs> <laughs> I would get bullied out of the outback yeah, with comments like that. Yeah. Sorry, guys, what, uh, what play are we using out here? Yeah. <laughs> right, you go poo by the bush, that's how it works out here. <laughs> Excuse me, gents. <laughs> Anyway, my plan is, is if I only use my Aussie accent once a series, then I can track my progress over time. Yeah, I can okay. like, do a little compilation of series one, two, three, four, five. Okay, That's excellent. what I'm thinking. Yeah. I do think it's strange how no matter where you're from, though, we ignore the fact that alcohol can cause cancer. It's really pretty weird. Like, why is smoking the target here? I wonder if there's some sort of undercover booze conspiracy happening here to not in the public eye link drinking alcohol and cancer. I totally agree, hey, me too. I think it's actually because the government makes so much money from taxing it and then they somehow convince everybody that they love it and can't live without it. Addiction by design again, Hamish. But let's not get our foil helmets out quite yet. I think booze is so normalised so much that we just follow the crowd and get around in. We never pause to consider the true impact. It's way too confronting and there would probably be a few million court cases. So let's find out some of those confronting facts. The risks and harms associated with drinking alcohol have been systematically evaluated over the years and are well documented. The World Health Organization says when it comes to alcohol consumption, there is no safe amount that does not affect your health. That's going to be quite shocking, that little stat there, Hamish, that last sentence. It comes back to that stat a lot. I think about that stat often. Do you? Yeah. I'm like, they say none. Because it's a big question, right? People are like, well, yeah. surely if you moderate, it's okay. Or yeah. I only drink on Fridays. Well, I only drink, but I never get drunk. Mm. The World Health Organization, and you'd assume they know their stuff. Yep. Zero amount of alcohol is healthy. I did have a bit of an argument with someone the other day who was trying to convince me. I had to walk away in the end. I couldn't be bothered with it. Sure. But somebody was saying that they drink red wine and they know it's good for them. Mm. The facts are out there that this amount of tannin in red wine yeah. is good for you. But actually, you'd have to drink about 10 litres of it, red wine, it? which would make you so ill that yeah. you wouldn't get the effects of the tannin anyway. And I was trying to explain this to the person. They just wouldn't have it. It was like me saying, like, you are not allowed to have your favourite mm. thing. <laughs> they just couldn't handle it. They're like, no, red wine is good for me. That's the end of it. So, yeah, it's very convincing, all of the media that we have around these things, trying to convince us that what we're doing is actually okay. But the World Health Organization says there is no safe amount. Alcohol is a toxic, psychoactive and dependence-producing substance that has been classified as a Group 1 carcinogen by the International Agency of Research on Cancer actually decades ago. This is the highest risk group. Ready for this, Hamish? Sure. Which also includes asbestos, radiation and tobacco. So there's wild. four things. Yeah, that is wild, it isn't it? It is wild. Alcohol causes at least seven types of cancer, including the most common cancer types such as bowel cancer and female breast cancer. Ethanol, i.e. alcohol, causes cancer through biological mechanisms as a compound it breaks down in the body, which means that any beverage containing alcohol, regardless of its price and quality, poses a risk of developing cancer. 
asbestos, radiation, tobacco, and mm. alcohol. Like those, like those three are the big ones. You never hear alcohol mentioned in that category. No. It just isn't common knowledge. Like I had no idea it was a group one until I started this podcast. It's absolutely crazy. I avoided saying canarsogen because I can't do it as no, well as I you. No, I can't yeah. do it. I can't say it too well either. Yeah, so if we were like drinking radiation <laughs> yeah. in the pub, right, we'd be wearing hazmat suits. Sure. We certainly wouldn't be consuming it, would we? Mm. And when we get asbestos removed from a house, it's like, right, clear the street. The asbestos mm. guys are coming in. They're all in these sort of toxic outfits. They're yeah. all in gloves. You have to like, evacuate the area, batten down the hatches and run away. And then when you think of radiation, you think of like a nuclear meltdown and yeah. the world ending. Yeah. Like that's how toxic it is. But when it comes to alcohol, everywhere is showing people just drinking it. It's just drinking it and being happy. And it's like, oh, do you fancy another one, darling? Oh, why not? Yes, let's have a lovely little glass of radiation. Yummy. So let's just pause there. Right? You said in that previous statement, Vic, ethanol causes cancer through biological mechanisms as the compound breaks down in the body. So let's just explain this a little more for the science brains out there. I know this is a bit heavy today, guys, but I think this is important to know yeah. actually what it's doing to the body. The exact way that alcohol causes cancer is not fully understood. The current best evidence shows that, here we go, Haim, acetaldehyde, yeah, that's close enough. Anyway, it's a, chemical, it's a chemical produced by the body that breaks down alcohol is toxic and it damages the DNA in our cells that cause cancer. Alcohol also directly damages cells it comes into contact with, for example, in the mouth, throat and stomach, which makes it easier for other cancer-causing compounds, such as ones from tobacco or processed meats, to get into the cells and cause DNA damage. Drinking alcohol can lead to liver cirrhosis, this is when the liver is damaged over time and forms scarring. Having cirrhosis is known to increase the risk of liver cancer. If you drink high levels of alcohol, you may not be getting enough nutrients in your diet as well, which has a knock-on effect of making you more susceptible to cancer. The obvious question here is how much alcohol do you have to drink to be at risk of getting cancer? It's easy to think that it's the extreme drinkers that get cancer, but if I only moderate, then maybe I'm not at risk. I think most people are still in the surely one glass won't hurt stage of their thinking. What I found out was that the risk of developing cancer increases substantially the more alcohol is consumed. However, the latest available data indicates that half of all alcohol attributable cancers are caused by light and moderate alcohol consumption. Hmm. Pretty frightening. Pretty frightening. So the World Health Organization doesn't mention a so-called safe level of alcohol use. It doesn't matter how much you drink, the risk to the drinker's health starts from the first drop of any alcoholic beverage. Scary. Vic, have you or anyone you've ever loved had a run-in with cancer? A few years ago, my nephew Maxie had a fit at um, school. It was really, really scary. He collapsed and he had a couple of fits on the way to the um, hospital. And my sister was there on her own and I obviously went to be by her side because we weren't sure what was going on and she didn't have anyone there. So I went in and she was in such a state that the doctor said, look, can we talk to you about what's going on here? And they pulled me into a room with about 10 doctors sitting around a table saying, we think Max has brain cancer. What? Yeah. I didn't know this about yeah. Max. It was absolutely frightening. And Louise, I, they, she was sat outside the room because I just felt like she wasn't mm. going to be able to handle that news. And it was one of the most frightening moments of my life, not only because you're just the person there that doesn't know anything and you're surrounded mm. by this medical team who are trying to lay some news on you that you have to know in a very delicate way, but it was absolutely shocking. So I had to bring my sister into the meeting and say, look, Louise, there's going to be some words that are used in this room right now that are going to relate to brain cancer. And I just think you need to know about that. But I think... I think luckily it's almost like her body was protecting her she just couldn't absorb any of the, mm. of the information that was happening so you told her that you brought I, the news well i told her once she came into the yeah. room and sat with us with yeah, the doctors yeah. but it was just so overwhelming and so it seemed so far-fetched at the time that we just kind of sat there and just held hands and thought like well, we'll just hope for the best and hope that it's not that how old was he then uh he, it was about four years ago so he would have been about 10 or 11 years wow. old yeah so there was a couple of hours there probably 24 hours where we thought max had brain cancer mm. and we actually we didn't think beyond the moment and it's crazy in those situations how you just say oh my god you'd imagine 
imagine you just going to worst case scenario mm. and he's going to die and this is going to be the worst thing of our whole lives and and actually we just were really in the present in that moment Wait, perhaps that had something to do with both of our sobrieties mm. we were able just to go look let's just get through this day and let's find out what the doctors say tomorrow and go through each of these processes one step at a time and actually it turned out Maxie didn't have cancer he has got some little things that grow inside his brain some little clusters of blood vessels which is manageable throughout his life and he has to just go and get it checked all the time mm. but that's the closest I've been to somebody I know and love being very very unwell and it was extremely frightening mm-hmm. my dad does keep getting a little bit of a lump on his head that he keeps having to have taken out once every yeah. couple of years that's a bit scary a lot of people I know here in Australia have to get skin cancers removed um, I'm much more aware of cancer than ever before I would say more scared of it as I get older I find if I mention these stats to people who are drinkers they kind of put their hands up and say please don't tell me that yeah. it's a very common thing for a drinker to not want to hear this information sure. and I think this is the problem with what we're talking about today people don't want to know that alcohol gives you cancer mm-hmm. they just don't want to know that mm-hmm. information because it is way too confronting I'm glad that I've lowered my risks by giving up drinking but I do worry about some of the damage that perhaps I may have caused over my drinking years home yeah that would be an interesting one because remember people always use that as a good scare tactic with cigarettes you might have had a cigarette when you're 18 that was linked to you getting lung cancer when you were 80 I wonder if there is a similar kind of connection with alcohol you know if you stop drinking Yes. Does it reverse itself in the way that smoking doesn't necessarily? It, I think it just means you've got more of a chance of not getting yeah. it. Have you ever had any close family, friends or anybody you know get cancer? Hey? Yeah. So last time we went to England and we got off our flight and I was obviously jet lagged and had a baby. My dad, my dad got in the car and we spoke about the weather. Then we spoke about the royal family. And then he was like, by the way, I've just had some cancer removed. I was like, what? Well, yeah, you, I wasn't going to tell you. I wasn't going to tell your brother. And then my brother came home, but I was at hospital, so I had to tell him, and I promised him I'd tell you. It was the most British way of telling me. <laughs> yeah. Like he, was, you know, he saw it, and he got it cut out, and he was fine. And he didn't want to tell me at the time because I would have flown back from yeah. here, obviously. Yeah. So that was like the closest to home that I've had it. And I, in a way, in a weird way, I'm glad that he didn't tell me at the time because I would have flown back, and there was nothing I could have done. My uncle has had it recently like in the last few years and has had to do chemo and has actually had lots of issues with the chemo since like he I think the chemo was like not totally necessary but they did it just to be sure and since he has like pins and needles in his hands and his feet mm. feel boil, boiling or freezing and he's had a really tough time with it I guess yeah, my parents are like in their 70s now right it's lots of their friends I lost my godfather last year to cancer they're the generation now where it's happening more and more none of my friends touch wood have had it recently one of my friends had it as a baby but survived so yeah not no one that I know very very closely has had it Mm. Um, I'm certainly like you very aware of skin cancer in Australia the best bit of advice I was given the day I landed in Australia was a friend of mine's mum who just said you live in Australia now never suntan you never have to sit in the sun. You mm. never go into it. Like just from being around it, the amount, just walking from your front door to your car every day, don't mm. sit in it. It's not worth it. So that was really, really good advice, which I've done. Um, and I was also like, my mum was paranoid about that. So we were always the kids like caked in sun cream mm. with those hats that have like the curtain down the neck. Oh, we're wearing sweet. those in swimming pools. Yeah, like my mum took no prisoners with sun cream. I just love your mum. Like Shoes I can't wait to meet her one yeah. day because everything you tell me about her, she is just so loving and protective of you two boys, wasn't she, growing yeah. up? Like everything she did was to protect you and and be the best mum she could possibly be world-class mum yeah she's world-class mum sure i guess in my family it's not so much a history of cancer as it is dementia which is if not as terrifying probably more terrifying and we are going to do an episode on the link between dementia and alcohol because sadly it sounds like there is a link there um but yeah i guess for me i was aware of other cancers but like you never the alcohol played a role in it yeah like don't smoke because of cancer, don't get sunburnt because of cancer are obvious ones. Alcohol, yeah, never heard those two things. Never about. mentioned. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the difference between your mum and my mum very quickly is that my mum was one of those people that sat with like that foil thing yeah, yeah. covered in coconut oil, yeah. <laughs> like trying to desperately soak up some tan. <laughs> That's because it's never sunny. If you live in yeah. England, you do what yeah. you can on the sunny days, right? Yeah, 
it's so rarely sunny that you just get out there and just lie in yeah. it for hours on end. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised that skin cancer here is such a problem, not no. only because of yeah, the ozone, but also Australians, I don't think they're, I don't know why, but I, I, they don't sell a lot of sun cream here from what I'm seeing. Yeah. There's lot. huge campaigns here, like this slip, mm. slap, slop. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have sun cream on all the time, they say. You've got to have factor 50 on every day if you're going outside mm. here. It's so boiling. We live in tropical Queensland as well, which is apparently where the hole in the ozone oh, really? is like right over us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life, from the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. I yeah. remember Liz finding it hilarious that we have like SPF 10 in England. Yeah. I think I've used SPF 2 before. She's like, what? I thought it started at 50. I actually took the kids out one day. I was like, why are you all so burnt? And then I looked at the packet and it was like factor five or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was factor 50. I was like, oh, sorry about that. Kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not here to scare you into giving up alcohol. Although we sort of are, aren't we, Hamish? Yeah, that's not our role. <laughs> not if scare happens, them, but just kind of fine. prod them into sure. giving up alcohol. Yeah. We don't want to make you feel guilty or freaky you out but just be warned the following numbers are a little bit full-on okay so alcohol causes nearly forty thousand new breast cancer cases every year worldwide breast cancer has become the most common cancer globally now why did we never know this this is a massive number Mm. some women don't like hearing this number because they think wine is their mate it's like saying your best friend hates you and is stirring trouble behind your back. It's hard to fathom and easier to ignore. So many people, including me, are not aware that breast cancer is the most common cancer caused by alcohol among women globally. People need to know that by reducing alcohol consumption, they can reduce their risk of getting cancer. It's that simple. Mm. It's down to simple stats and facts. Here are a few more to scare your little pants off you. So the amount you drink can affect the type of cancer you're susceptible to. For example, any amount of alcohol increases the risk of mouth cancer, upper throat and voice box cancer, food pipe or esophagus cancer, and breast cancer. Drinking two or more drinks per day, around three and a half units, increase the risks of colorectal cancer. I wasn't sure what that was. Essentially with your bum bum? Bum hole. Sure. Uh, Drinking three or more drinks per day, around five units, increases the risk of stomach and liver cancer. Yeah, so it actually increases with the amount you drink, the different types of cancer. So basically, if you were that last section, you're at risk of all of those Mm -hmm. cancers, which is crazy, yeah. Smoking and drinking alcohol together makes the risk of cancer much higher than the risk would be if you did one or the other. For example, drinkers who also smoke have a 10 times greater risk of liver cancer than people who don't drink. Wow. 10 times. That's mad. 
Here in Australia, 6.6% of cases amongst postmenopausal women and 12.6% of cases among premenopausal women are attributable to drinking alcohol. When you hear those percentages, you might think, oh, it won't happen to me. But actually, it happens to people all the time. I had a quick chat with my mate, Catherine Elliott. On an ordinary morning in August 2019 at age 46, Kath's life was suddenly stripped bare of the superfluous when she discovered a large lump in her breast while getting dressed to race out the door to work. Here is what she told me about her experience and how she believes alcohol played a part in her cancer diagnosis. After struggling with a problematic binge drinking relationship for over 30 years, I decided that I was going to take an extended break from drinking on July the 1st, 2019. The difference here was that I didn't have a start date to go back to drinking. I decided that I really wanted to explore what an alcohol-free lifestyle felt like. Little did I know what was just around the corner when six weeks later, I was getting ready for work. It was a very regular and ordinary Wednesday morning and at approximately 8.10 a.m. on the 21st of August, 2019, I found a large lump in my right breast whilst I was getting dressed and it was one of those life-changing moments when you think, oh my gosh, what is that? What is happening? And I remember just gasping for air and thinking, I think this could be breast cancer. I'm not someone who is glass half empty. I am absolutely glass half full, but I just had that deep knowing that something was not right. Two days later, I was diagnosed with locally advanced breast cancer and my life catapulted onto a trajectory that I did not expect. It was in these first two weeks of my diagnosis that I really started to question my lifestyle and started to ask what in my lifestyle could have contributed to this breast cancer diagnosis uh, at the age of 46. And one of the things that kept coming up for me was my drinking. It was really the main lifestyle factor that I had never really felt in control of and I know that I had been drinking at unhealthy levels. So I started to do some of my own research into the links between alcohol consumption and breast cancer and wow, I could not believe what I discovered. It wasn't just excessive drinking that was linked to breast cancer risk. It was low to moderate drinking, so seven standard drinks a week that can increase your breast cancer risk you know, by up to 15 or 20 percent. And it was here in discovering this information that I felt empowered to continue uh, an alcohol-free lifestyle, but also I felt like a lot of women had no idea about this link. I started to do my own research and ask people if they knew that there was a direct link between alcohol consumption and increased breast cancer risk. And I don't think any of the people I asked knew. Uh, And research has uncovered that only one in five, so 20% of women know that there is a direct link between alcohol consumption and increased breast cancer risk. And that means that 80% of women don't know. So I share my story with the hope that more people will become aware and have this knowledge so that they can make empowered decisions around their health and lifestyle. Do I think that alcohol caused me to have breast cancer? Well, I'll never be sure, absolutely not, but I 
intuitively think that it contributed to an early diagnosis of breast cancer before the age of 50. I didn't have a family history or any genetic links to breast cancer. I had very high estrogen levels in my breast cancer, which, uh, you know, some of the reading that I've done show that, you know, alcohol increases the circulating estrogen in our bloods that can lead to uh, development of cancer. It's interesting, you know, if I'd known the truth about alcohol and breast cancer, would I have changed my behaviour? It's an interesting question, isn't it? I can't answer that fully because the version of myself that now has all this information is living alcohol-free and has been for over four years, would of course have listened, but the younger version of me, I don't know. What I am passionate about is continuing to share the information so that women of all ages have awareness about alcohol and breast cancer. Because if you have the awareness and it's something that you start to see and hear more often, it will become information that will become more entrenched in our subconscious so that we are starting to uh, analyze and look at our drinking habits in a different way. My diagnosis was traumatic at the time, but I also see it as a gift because it enabled me to do a deep dive into my lifestyle. It enabled me to feel really empowered around my relationship with alcohol, knowing that alcohol is one of only a couple of modifiable risk factors that I had control over during my treatment and in recovery. So my choice to continue to be alcohol free really makes me feel, I guess, more empowered now that I am cancer free and knowing that I am reducing my risk of a breast cancer recurrence. So what would I tell my younger self if I could? I guess it would be that every drink you choose not to have will be reducing your overall risk of breast cancer and that if you can choose to drink less for your breasts, then that is a really good thing. Wow, a huge thanks to Catherine. She's a sober coach now and helps raise awareness about the risks of alcohol consumptions. I'll share her details in the show notes. Catherine actually amended my stats when I spoke to her. At the beginning of the episode, I said the amount of increase of cancer risk was 7%. But most of the research she has reviewed indicates that one standard drink a day increases overall breast cancer risk by up to 14%. So it's actually double that. What a story. Thanks so much to Catherine for sharing her incredible journey. What a sober hero. It's different when you hear a story from a first-hand lived experience and perspective. Vic and I do this podcast because there is not much awareness of the harm of alcohol, sometimes until it's too late. Luckily, Catherine survived this terrible ordeal. And we're so privileged that she shared our story with us today. It's clear that alcohol has a far deeper impact than just that dusty hangover. Yeah, the mental impact is huge too. The media, pubs, our culture, they only show the good times. The smiling people saying cheers. The let your hair down, have a mummy wine and you deserve it propaganda shoved in our faces everywhere we turn. These untrue messages block out the evidence, the science-based truth of this socially acceptable drug. I know we joke a lot on this show, but our humour is our secret weapon here. We want you to laugh along while we subliminally plonk loads of information on you while your guard is down. We want you to think, reconsider booze. Don't be like us, unaware idiots, having shot down in competitions in bars in Spain. Pause to reconsider alcohol and perhaps change the way you look at it. 
There are so many really good reasons to quit boozing. The cancer factor is largely ignored because, well, you only live once. But honestly, you do only live once. Yeah. So don't black it out. Live every day to the fullest, authentically and joyfully. Try ditching the grog and try sobriety. So let's finish on a positive note. I think attitudes are changing and even the governments globally are considering putting more warning labelling on drinks. Here in Australia, the federal government is seeking advice on options to raise public awareness about alcohol harm after doctors' groups launched a bid for cancer and other health warnings to be placed on all alcoholic beverages. Ireland will be the first country with comprehensive health labelling on all alcohol products. Ireland will also be the first country in the EU and the second country worldwide after South Korea to introduce cancer warnings on alcohol products. The Irish government says the measure, opposed by drinks industry chiefs worldwide but cleared by EU and WTO regulators, will come into force in May 2026. A recent nationwide study found a majority of Australians supported expanded health warnings on alcoholic beverages. So it seems people want to know. They have a right to get the other side of the story, look deeper into the eyes of the person smiling at the bar holding a flute of champagne and recognise the true impact that alcohol has on individuals and communities. Yeah, so that is good, Hamish, isn't it, that things are changing a bit? Like, I do want to see that. like the booziest country according to lots of our listeners they're like yeah. oh I find it so hard I'm yeah. Irish so that is amazing they're like at the forefront making these changes have you been to Thailand Hamish and seen the warning on cigarettes not since I was 19 do you remember them no so it's literally like a kidney or a lung that's yeah, like a I've black it's a black yeah. lung I think isn't it it would yeah. be a lung wouldn't it with smoking and it's pictures of just people with all their teeth missing yeah, and like, or tubes in their throat or tubes like, yeah, in their yeah, throat yeah. having a tracheotomy yeah. or whatever it's called and like all of these awful images it really puts you off I mean I still bought cigarettes when I was mm. you know, in my 20s in Thailand I just looked at those pictures that's how ignorant I am I just chose to ignore the fact that this thing that I was doing could possibly make me die and I perhaps think it had something to do with my alcohol consumption and me not caring about myself so much mm. I think alcohol does that it's a side effect of drinking you just kind of pour it down your throat and hope for the best and everything's going to be fine and it's all very relaxed it's, there's no real hard thinking that goes into drinking if you know what mm-hmm. I mean I never think about the consequences when I was younger I just thought well everyone does it so I'm going to do it I don't care there is a chance it might make me ill in the future but I'm going to live in the now because I'm young and rebellious and I never ever reconsidered my actions it's crazy to think and I don't think anyone does because they don't have this awareness about these facts and you think well it will never happen to me but as we heard from Catherine it does happen all the time it's really really scary and I think things changing it might cause people to actually look at alcohol as what it is which Mm. is a drug that is going to cause you cancer and it's crazy to think of it that way and it sounds harsh and it sounds really judgmental and it sounds like we're party poopers but that's the truth of it sober awkward is not here to judge we didn't know any of this information either we just got pissed and hope for the best basically we're just here to share our experiences and hopefully nudge you into reconsidering alcohol we know this episode has been a bit scary but we think it's stuff that's important to know it seems hamish that this episode is really about awareness gaining an understanding and knowledge of what alcohol is really doing so i think our message here is just let's get talking about this share this episode with people be open about your fears and lack of understanding i think it's about just asking and researching yourself what alcohol is really really doing to your body like me people just don't know this information i read this week about a world first trial in a breast screening service targeting women's low awareness of the link between alcohol and breast cancer monash university and turning point researchers have developed a successful alcohol intervention for women attending breast screening appointments as part of the trial The study improved participants' knowledge about alcohol and its link with breast cancer. So things are happening to make people more aware. Well done to them. Yeah, so when you go there, they're actually having a conversation about it, like mm. which they've never done before. You just go and get your breast scan. Right. Alcohol's never mentioned. But when you get there, you have an appointment with someone and they tell you, if you're drinking alcohol, these are your chances are going to be much, much mm. higher. So they're informing people of the risks. I don't think anyone truly knows. 
I think also we want to add a message here about just getting checked. I think the best thing anybody can do is just check your boobs, check your poo. In Australia, it used to be ages to 50 to 74 where you could have a two yearly free mammograms. But I think that has changed. Women aged 40 to 49 and those aged 74 plus are also eligible to receive a free mammogram. But you won't receive an invitation. So you actually need to go to your doctors and ask for a check. And you can do that with cervical testing as well. Just go to your doctors and say, right, I just want to be tested for anything. Because the sooner they catch any of these cancers, the better the result can be. So we just want to be, say a big thank you to everybody for listening to this really important episode today. A huge thank you for to Catherine as well, because we actually have loved talking about this. And it's such an important topic that we do tend to ignore. And do your own research on this and find out how at risk you are with all of your lifestyle choices. And then make wiser choices moving forward sobriety being one of them. I just want to finish with a nice review that we got this week, Vic. Excellent. From Gaday68, which makes you think that maybe they are Australian. And maybe they haven't heard your awful Australian accent, Hamish. <laughs> they say, I'm now into my second year of sobriety and really starting to see the benefits. Sleeping better, better gut health, thinking clearer, etc, etc. I started drinking at 40 and after a health scare, it caused massive anxiety. I gave up finally for a year when I was 60, but started again thinking I would not drink as much. Retirement came and the drinking increased to what it had been. Getting only two hours sleep every night and having a foggy brain made me realise that I had to stop. I started with your podcast and looked at all the previous ones you'd aired and it kept me on track to now be well into my second year of sobriety. I sleep about six to seven hours a night and I'm not on any medication. So at 69, I feel fantastic. Thank you so much for doing such a great potty that really helps people such as myself to live a healthier lifestyle. Oh, how lovely. Thank you. Good day, 68. Thank you. Good day. I had a really lovely experience at my local cafe the other day. I was sat there and there was a guy sat opposite me. I was just sat with Freddie having like a hot, he was having a hot chocolate and the guy had a book with him and I always love chatting to strangers. Mm. You're like, I'm like you, like we like, well, I think it's because I'm actually nosy. It's not because I'm actually interested anymore. I just want books to are good though. Like books, books are is good. A, is a good intro. Yeah, I always love knowing what people are reading. And I said to the guy, what are you reading now? And we ended up having a lovely chat and it was coming up to his 50th birthday and he said that he hadn't been drinking for a while. Mm. I told him what I did. and Because you tell everyone what you Because I tell yeah. everyone what I do. But the reason I do that, Hamish, that I tell everyone what I do is because I always feel like perhaps that person might yeah. need to hear it. Yeah. And I got a voicemail at about 10 p.m. last night saying, Vic, it was so lovely to meet you the other day. It made me think about my drinking habit and how I've been drinking around my birthday. And it's made me feel really anxious and it's really made me reconsider it. So thank you for telling me about oh, yourself and numbers. your story. No, I found him because we had such a lovely chat. Mm. I found him on Instagram. Hello, Danny. And we just ended up having a really nice conversation. I thought, oh, I just want to connect yeah. with that person. And yeah, he sent me a beautiful voice ma cool. message last night just saying that he needed to hear it. So we always say on this podcast, with cancer, with any of these topics that we talk about, it's all about talking and being open and being honest and sharing your experiences because I think often we just get stuck, especially when we're British, don't we, Hamish? We just think, oh, we just won't tell anyone. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to upset anyone and we'll keep all our feelings inside. It's a very, very British thing to yeah. do. And I think we need to be a bit more American about things sure. and just blurt it all out and tell everyone and then other people can follow suit. That's the, that's the plan. Question. Yes. If... You see someone reading your book mm. on a flight or in a cafe. This is a good would question. Would you walk over to them and be like, oh, what are you reading there? I'm going to have to. I think you would. I'm going to have to. And they to. might not know what you look like. No. That, and I mean, would you then say, I've heard it's brilliant. Or would you go, it's me. I'm the one. I'm going to say it's me. Can I draw I'm a cock say, in the front of it? I'm going to say, can I draw a willy in the front yeah. of it, please? Because that's going to be my new signature, as you know, cock and balls. Yeah. What if they go, I'm reading it a bit shit, though. It's not for me. Yeah. And then you go, yeah, I've heard, I've heard it's awful too. I would have a mental turmoil <laughs> for the rest of the day. So maybe I shouldn't do it because they go, actually, this is shit. Yeah, do you want it? Do you, have you run out of loo roll at your house? Use this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they could use that in the outback instead, yes. couldn't they? <laughs> That's why my book's going to be piled up at lo loads of stations in the outback as toilet it. paper. Oh, God damn it, Hamish. As long as they sell. As long as they matter. sell. You, use yeah. it for whatever you wish. Yeah, use it for whatever you want. <laughs> If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yeah, just head to www 
cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? There's probably ones with moody, moody what? sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay. yes, good, yes. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. <laughs> you can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry and cringe and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book. Even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny-weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Buy it. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. (laughs) 